What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the fifth episode of Marking Our Territory with the Big Dogs, a sports podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Gartino, and across the computer, one of my best friends and my co-host, Zachary Zranz. What's going on, dude? Hey, what's up? So we've taken about a week and a half off, a little bit of a hiatus, maybe a little too soon for a podcast in the early stages like we are, but business called, had to make a few uh, few moves and shakes, go out west to Colorado, and uh, we're back, and now it seems like we've got a full slate of uh, topics to talk about. We're back. That's the most important thing. So do you have any, any intense news or any fun news that you want to talk about over the last week? I played basketball. Ooh, that sounds like something that, like, as you get older, it, like... You have to cut back a lot because of the injuries. It was fun. No so, injuries. All right. Well, then we'll shout out Orlando Apollos. That's the first thing I want to say. 3-0. This is a Orlando Apollos fan podcast. You know, big fans over here. 3-0. Stands. Be- yeah, the, the Orlando Apollos stands. Best team in the AAF. Represent. So uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into a little bit of NFL talk. Before we started this podcast, news broke of Jason Witten coming out of retirement to go back to the Dallas Cowboys. And I had very, very mixed thoughts when that first happened. On one side, I was like, there's no fucking chance that this guy can run. But at the other side of things, I was like, there's no fucking chance that it can be any worse than listening to him announce. So what do you think about it? (laughs) I I, kind of had two thoughts on it, too. First, I was like, he got kicked out of the booth. Yeah. So that was my immediate thought. And then I was like, he got new hair, he, and he's going to catch an eight-yard curl no matter what. My my boss is a big Dallas Cowboys fan, and he was so excited about it. I was like, man, that is like, that's the epitome of sad when you're excited for this guy to go out there and be like a five-yard cross. I mean, the Cowboys have been shitty for probably about 20 years, but Wynn was their legend. And like when that's like your legendary player coming out of retirement, coming out of the booth. It's pretty sick that he's coming back. It'll probably be just for one more year, right? Well, that that's the weird thing too. Is that like what what's the motive to come out of retirement? Do you think that the Cowboys are going to win it this year, or like there's no chance that he was lacking money in his new gig? Just the game was calling. Yeah, he he missed the turf, missed the he's gridiron. That would be like the game just pulled me back in. I'm very interested to see what his like his first few interviews are like. Do you think that we're gonna get like any talk about Tony Romo coming back now, just connecting the duo again? Oh my gosh, that we gotta hype that up. I know Witten back. I think Romo would be better than Jason Witten. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I think that Romo would come back and do okay. I think Romo's having so much fun not playing football. Yeah, definitely. But that would be amazing to hype that up. Romo and Witten back. See it by Dak. Do Do you have any uh, memorable moments as Witten the commentator? I just our, our good friend Hoff. He he said that he just he's happy to not have to hear the word moxie anymore because that's the only word that Witten knew. <laughs> yeah, he probably threw that in like two times a game. He he was like a robot in the booth. It was uh, he, he, yeah in the booth. He was horrible. Boog, like I, I was a stand for Booger, so I'm kind of glad he's gone. I'm like I want, I'm like I'm down for Booger in the inside the booth. Yeah, that, and that was another failed experiment putting him on the Booger mobile. That thing was like, it, it, it like made a third party that was just unnecessary. 
You don't need three people in football on Monday night. It's good enough. Yeah. All right. So uh, another piece of NFL news. This is just kind of like our going through the steps of recapping everything that we missed over the last week and a half. Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, was I? I don't even know if the right word is arrested. He he was he was taken in by the cops, but I don't know if I consider that arrested. Arrested at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida, which that's a fantastic name for for a massage parlor. Orchids of Asia. Orchids of Asia. I do love that. Like, I love how it's became like the popular place. Like everyone's, it's like pretty close to where I am. And so many people are going and taking like Snapchats and shit right outside of it. It's so like condemned. what I've heard is that there's like an app that you can pay for that's like $150 a year or like 20 bucks a month that ranks massage parlors and like the sexual acts that they give you. It's like a Yelp for massage parlors that give you happy endings. Wow. Yeah. So that's something Welcome that like... 2019. I, I wonder... So... There's a lot of connecting the dots here. So they said that Robert Kraft may not be the biggest name on the list of people that have been frequenting this place. But the the way the story goes down, and it's a touchy subject, so we're not going to like dive nose deep into it, but is that he went on two or three different occasions and paid for $60 sexual favors. And there's supposedly visual evidence of the young nice young ladies multiple of them possibly you know fondling and or fellatiating old mr craft's bits i think it's a fact that there was mouth on craft the morning of the afc championship which in and of itself is amazing that someone even could do something like that do, do you think that i like I might be, be orchids of asia at 10 uh, 10 in the morning and then at 10 at night could be going to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's like no one else. No one else in the whole world could do that. Does the day get any better than that? <laughs> no. It, it starts and ends fantastic. But I, I mean, so it, there's still yet to come. There'll be more to come of this. The details are not fully out today. Kraft pleaded not guilty to sex trafficking, which hopefully is not a part of. I hope that it's not sex trafficking at all. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like you. I don't know where the line is of how we're allowed to talk about this because if there is a legitimate case for sex trafficking where these nice young ladies were in the massage parlor being held against their will to fellatiate Bob Kraft, that's shitty. But on the other hand, I mean, what's in what's in you know a little extra side dough for these girls that you know may or may not be interested in like fondling a billionaire, anyways. I'll leave it at that. Do you okay? Do you think that there's going to be any repercussions on the NFL side of things for the Patriots? Bart just, Scott said they should take moni- away moni- all their draft picks. monetarily wise. No draft picks. Just just nobody's a fine. Just for like the news leaking out, basically, just for a bad bad uh, look on the league. Didn't they take away draft picks in the Jim Irsay case a couple of years ago, though? No, fine, and he was suspended. Which, that makes absolutely no sense. How are you going to suspend an owner? Yeah, so whatever. Suspend Kraft for four games. So that, that'll be interesting to see how all that unfolds. Bob Kraft, you know, shout out his 39-year-old wife. I wonder how she feels about all of it. I don't know. Shout out her. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll move right along then because that's not really anything else in the NFL. Uh, 
NFL Combine next week. We've already got that Kyler Murray hand size starting to trickle in. We'll go over that we'll, next uh, episode. We'll, yeah, we'll let you guys know about his hand size next week. Mm. So his weight. Another uh, another piece of news that we missed on was Zion Williamson, the Duke phenom, YouTube uh, extraordinaire, blowing out his sneakers 33 seconds into the game. Uh, Biggest was, game of the whole year for college basketball. And it ended up being an absolute dumpster fire for Duke the rest of the way. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know what to say because it looks like it didn't It didn't seem like it was that big of an injury. They're calling it a mild knee sprain, but there's absolutely no chance that he's going to play the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance he plays for the rest of the season. He's way too valuable to even come in with a ding to cost himself just like $10 million for no reason when you could be drafted. Maybe he won't maybe be drafted first if he plays and gets hurt again. But if he sits out, he'll be the first pick and he'll make so much money. He was wearing the Nike Paul George 2.5s. Do you think that Nike actually had any negative backlash after seeing what happened to his shoes? No, it was just a social media spur of the moment type deal where it seems like it's a big deal. But it's actually not. It, that was like a Darren Ravel wet dream. Like, oh my god! Shout out! To, I, I remember thinking. Shout, I was going to say shout out Darren Ravel on um, on the podcast because he killed it that night. He was absolutely just firing off tweets, the picture of the shoe, all these just just all the shit that you don't need to know, but you need to know so bad at the same time when you read it. You're like, thank you. Yep. And, and, you know, so there was probably a little bit of like a fluctuation, except I would say it's probably in the positive for Nike, because in my eyes, things like this, it's always any, you know, what what is that? Any, uh, any publicity, publicity is good, good publicity. publicity. Exactly. I was there. I was almost there. Uh, so Zion, he was second in the ACC with 22.4 points per game. And Duke, they are one in two since after getting blown out 88 to 72 it was at home against UNC right mhm so what what do you think duke's you know road to the national title looks like moving forward i think they've got a really tough time because they're missing just their biggest piece who is basically the intimidation factor just the the energy on the court and now they're relying on the two skinny shooter guys and some white guys it's not really uh not really working out for them right now. Got beat by Vatek. At Vatek is a rough environment. Sneak by Syracuse is really bad this year, and they're definitely not going to win the national championship if Zion doesn't play. Are there? I mean, I'm not that well versed in college basketball. Who are the other teams that may be like the new favorites now? The new favorites are like Kentucky, Kansas. Um, Tennessee was kind of good this year. Virginia's up there. Gonzaga. Like, it's the same group every single year. It's the same group every single year, no doubt. Now, do you think that this does uh, conference anything? Conference tournaments are coming up. Yeah, we got March Madness around the corner. That'll be another thing that we have to dive into, do some real research on, especially because I don't know a ton about college basketball. Um, yeah, UNC, number five. Just all the same teams, man. Houston right now is 27-1. and one. They're up and coming. I don't know anyone on Houston. No, I've never. And I know that FGCU used to be Dunk City and now FSU is. Hey, FSU, shout out FSU basketball, 22-6, and six, looking good in the conference, fourth place in a really good conference, which is Duke, Virginia, UNC, and then FSU. Like, that's not that bad. So shout out FSU. Uh, shout out uh, Go Tigers. 
they're having a really good year this year. They've upset Kentucky and Tennessee, two teams that are ranked ahead of them. Also, uh, shout out TJ Pittenger. He was on our first bonus episode with uh, our big FSU talk. Happened to be our most listened to episode. We ended up with 48, just under 50 listens. So we're on our way to that thousand listen threshold. Um, Also had our first ad read in it. And I think it'll be at the beginning of this podcast too. I was really excited about that. Shout out Black Tux. Oh yeah, I forgot to say in the beginning. So fast forward to that podcast through the uh, ad. Yeah, so... um, Math Prediction Radio, over under chances that Duke makes it past the Sweet 16, so into the Elite Eight. I'm going to give him only a 25% chance. Wow. That is pretty low, especially all around Zion's one kid. Play. No, there, I I, there's Zion's no chance play. he plays. Because what happens if he comes back and it, he has a legit injury? Because, I mean, all he did was like a half split. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's way too valuable. So, all right, well, on that note, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into our first uh, first segment of the podcast. We're going to do the top three, bottom three of shoes. For- this is a shout out to Zion for blowing up his shoe. Yeah. And there was an, who was the one that blew out his shoes a couple days later? It was an Adidas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're like, up happens to everybody. Yeah, so that it's going to just become a complete internet craze where they're going to be blowing out shoes just for the publicity of it. Yep, so shout out to the top three, bottom three of shoes. This week. This is going to be the episode of shout outs. We've said shout out like 35 times already. I think you have to do that on a podcast. I've been, I've been listening to so many and there's just so many shout outs. So, all right, we'll, we'll get, you want to start with number three or number one of your top? I want you to start. Okay. We're going to, I like going backwards. I, I like going to the three, two, one. So my number three top shoe is not even a shoe at all. It's slides. Like I, I'm the, like the equivalent of an old man when I walk around my house and I always have to have some sort of like slide or sandal on my foot and the Nike and Adidas slides are like pillows on your feet. Yeah. With the pillows. That was definitely, uh, definitely one of mine. Shout out that those are, I mean, you might've started me on this, to be honest. I I think, yeah, before you and I met each other, I was part of like the between the toe sandals. And those, oh, I, those are trash now. I can't handle having anything between my toes. All right, well, I'll go to my three. My three is that one pair of between the toe thong sandals <laughs> that you absolutely have for so long. You know what I used to do is, do you know rainbows? Yeah. Rainbows, I would just run those things into the ground. And then once I was tired of them or they were like feeling like they were pretty much leather or not leather, but... uh Whatever. Paper. Paper, yeah, something like that. You you would just break them in the middle between the sole and the top of it because then they would give you a new pair for free. Wow. So that, I never they're, had they're, rainbows. They were like $65 fucking flip-flops. I had reefs. Yeah, those, that, that's because you're uh, from South Florida and you like going to the beach. Yep, and then I – shout out to the Olukais. I've had these for many years and they're like my go-to in between the toe flip-flop. I I didn't know that that's what they were called. And, I I mean, I would never be able to know. Those are $100 flip-flops. I got them hammed down for my pops, and I'm still rocking them. Hand-me-down sandals. I don't know if I'm about that. (laughs) They weren't worn for too long. So, all right, my number two, uh, I'll go ahead and do something a little bit classier. I like the Nike Air Max 97s. Do you know what those look like? For those of you listening, you're going to have to go and look them up. Describe them to us. 
it's kind of hard. They're, they're like chunky. That's how I would describe them. They're like chunky looking. They're kind of on the verge of being old man shoes. But if you get them in like the all white and you wear them with white tube socks, there's like nothing fresher looking than wearing some Air Max 97s. And it's something that I've never owned before, but because I don't think I could rock them too well. But if I ever like come across $120 out of nowhere, I think I would do it. All right, hey, I was going to do this, so shout out your Venmo. See if anyone pays us any money for this episode to buy our shoes that we want. I, uh, I actually don't have a Venmo because I got kicked off of Venmo for a little bit of a shady transaction. We'll get into that story another time. So I have a cash app, and my cash app is just money sign Garrett Gartino. Send us some money. Maybe we'll buy one of these shoes that we we're talking about because I have one, one pair on my list that I – really want but don't think i can rock because i don't have that kind of money so we also my, do uh, we do have it set up go ahead go at zachary dash zarans yeah super Z-A-R-R-A-N-Z. easy R-R-A-N-Z. we uh we do have it set up through our anchor where people can donate directly to us as along with our sponsor which we've made 47 cents off of so far yeah start somewhere yep start from the bottom now we're here 47 cents in all right, so what's your number two? I'll go with my number two then. The, the, the ultimate shoe that I've just always always been after is the, uh, the Jordan 11s. Oh, now i got to look them up. That's just the every, – every other Jordan's a little too flashy for me. These are very low-key, but they just – they're such a, such a nice like, status symbol. That, that's another one that it's kind of like edging on the verge of like a dad shoe. Almost like yeah, there's nothing nothing too flashy about. It. I also wanted to shout out Jordan like uh, three through six. Those are my favorite ones. That's like a total shoe head kind of thing. Like I don't know all the Jordans. Well, Jordan three, four, five, and six are oh. very attractive Jordans, and the Elevens are my favorites. I see a lot of Jordan Retro Elevens. Is that not the same thing? They're all the same. Okay, so Jordan Retro Elevens. They are pretty nice looking. I I agree. Well, the retros are definitely a little older, but the newer styles are much more uh, modern and swaggy as hell. And how much do those run? These are they haven't came out in a few years, so they're running around two hundred and fifty to three hundred right now. Oh, that's like, I don't your little brothers who are like they're just now driving, right? They're sixteen years old. They were rocking some hot Jordans. No, they're rocking those hot Didas. Ooh, the like. Adidas Boost, a little hype beast shoes. And how much do those cost? Those are like up upwards of two hundred. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I I have like way too many bills to be paying for shoes that are over two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, we're past that. But I just want like that one pair because we're also at that point where you could have a pair of shoes for twenty years. Well, I so I have. I'll do a shout out to one of my notable mentions is the Air Huaraches. And I have them in like nice neutral, like brown, brownish color where they fit with pretty much any pair of jeans that you want to wear. They're nice. But yeah, uh, that's a good shoe. My number one shoe is Brooks running shoes. It literally feels like you're walking with zero gravity on when you have those. Brooks running shoes. Shout out to Brooks running shoes. I and was I, not expecting that. And I'm not a runner. I've got a lot of good notable mentions if you want to get into those. But the Brooks running shoes, I got onto them like three years ago because I have real, some real shitty feet. And they're like heaven. Chasing heaven on right. foot. My number one, this is kind of an all-encompassing, loafers. Like Sperry's? 
low any kind of loafers, but a shoe with no laces is the best shoe. I used to have a pair of Hurleys that were slip-ons. Those were fire. Dude, I had some DC DC loafers like started it off for me. These sick ass DC loafers, and then then I went to Sperry's and I got dress shoe loafers. And the, every kind of loafer I had a Nike loafer. Like, dude, ooh, that sounds nice. That was nice. I, uh, I, you know what else? It's on the complete opposite side. But since you said Nike loafers, I saw these Nike duck boots that are like good for like hiking in the snow and shit like that. I'm definitely gonna have to get a pair of those for the next time I go out west. Yeah, Nike makes everything fire. So checks I'll give over you, stripes. I'm gonna give I you don't some. Know, like, I also seen that the other day. Why? Why would I even say checks over stripes? Like, why does it matter that I don't don't like Adidas? I've. I mean, I, actually, I was Brain about to say by Nike. I was about to say I've never owned a pair of Adidas anything, but I'm wearing Adidas slides right now. I have a pair of Adidas slides waiting to crack out. That's the other thing is slides. They last way longer than flip flops, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you my notable notable mentions for those uh, Heelys. Oh, those were fire back in the day. I remember being in like late middle school and like walking around the mall, like little hood rat, healing around. Yeah, that dude, Healy's. Uh, similar to those spinner shoes. Do, did you ever have a pair of those? No, what are those? They were kind of like, remember when shoes had pumps on them? Mm-hmm. These had pump, like a, a pump button on the side of them, except they had like rims in them. <laughs> like spinners like yeah so i had a pair of those when i was probably like nine or ten those, those were probably some fucking like walmart weird shit. <laughs> what, were, what, what were some of those like hot ass fucking fat farms dude did you ever fat have a pair farms. of fat farms no i had osiris's yep that that was kind of like looking right up some shoes there. like the osiris d3 or whatever was like the clunkiest biggest shoe of all time i definitely had those dude the fat farms those were like real nice when i was going to hudson middle school shout out hudson <laughs> middle school like you know that all the dirt bags are rocking the phat farms <laughs> i have an honorable mention of the Dwayne wade converses since we're going to shout out Dwayne wade maybe a little later in the show he he, he used to be on converse before he was uh leaning uh the michael vick cleats the zoom vick ones I, we could Iconic. have gotten into cleats. Cleats were nice too back in the day, especially when we got older. The golf cleats that we started wearing. Mm-hmm. Love, love my golf cleats right now from Nike. So, all right, we'll get into the bottom. Uh, I'll, I'll start with our bottom three. I had honorable mentions of between the toe sandals, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that to you after you had them in your top. Top. <laughs> so, uh, my number three is Skeletos shoes. Oh, the little five fingers. And five. Joe Rogan loves those things, so you're probably like all over those. I, these, I was thinking about kind of working in those maybe. There's these guys at the gym, dude, that they're probably like 45, 50 years old, and they love working out in those things. They're, they, you know, they're, they're minimalist shoes. I'm just trying to, trying to get back to my roots like the barbarians did. I, I'm actually about those, but okay. All right, go <laughs> Never ahead. I had a pair, but I want one. All right, my, my number three, uh, it's like bands and really flat style shoes like that. My foot just doesn't fit into that shoe. And I'm kind of, it might be like a jealousy thing. Like I see people wearing them. I'm like, how does that not hurt your foot? Like it hurts my foot when I wear shoes like that. I feel like all of my like shoe memories come back from like the days when I was like aspiring to be something that I wasn't. 
And in like junior and senior year of high school, I was like a hardcore kid. And if you weren't wearing black on black vans, you like pretty much weren't allowed to be like a hardcore kid. No, you weren't. So I just destroyed my feet for like two and a half years wearing those things. You wear with like no socks. It's fucking disgusting. Either that or you had to like buy the socks that were like girl socks that like the no shows. Mm-hmm. They pretty much just I like, like those. I like those though. The ones that like barely go over the top of your foot. Your feet smell so bad when you wear Vans. Um, I had some similar to that. I had Converse in my bottom. Those are pretty flat bottom shoes too. I can't. That's another one I can't stand when I see people wearing Converse at the gym. Yeah, All right. I, I kind of wanted to uh, start working out in converses or like minimalist shoes. So you know, like, I'm just bashing on your dreams. Are the gym hardos? I, I, well, Joe Rogan says that the Skeletos shoes are nice for running outside because he he also has like this conspiracy against how Nike has pretty much evolved people into running the wrong way because their shoes yep. are so cushioned. Yep. Okay. So, uh, shout out to, uh, I'm just going to keep saying shout out the whole episode. I can't stop now. <laughs> it's, it's just in our DNA. So shout out to your honorable mention. Mine is flip flops that break. Yeah. They suck. They, they suck. Like when you're walking and you blow, like blow that little middle thong part out. I, I had a few rolling. times where like for birthdays or something like that, my parents would give me like a completely matching outfit where it would be like a bathing suit tank top and flip-flops that all matched and they came in like the same walmart pack and those always broke after like three days of walking around the pool nice um the, yeah those those little shitty flip-flops yeah and really, like the same color mm-hmm. the plastic yep and so I'll, I'll go with my number two uh number two bottom is crocs another one that just like it you you pretty much are on one side or the other you either wear slides or you wear crocs and and crocs i i feel like just because i've never seen a croc that isn't camo (laughs) i've seen plenty of crocs i never worn one but uh i could see them being on the bottom they're not not useful and people that put the little like I, i don't even know what you call them like pins in their crocs Oh, like, that's that's the worst, actually. That's ultimate dirtbag move. Okay. I, I think I might want to even, like, save this take, because I've kind of been brewing this take for a while. Get it Number out. Number one bottom. Those fucking suede, like, fuckboy, like, Chelsea boots. Oh, dude, well, that's because you're not from, like, Brooklyn. Bro, get the fuck out of here for me. There is no reason to ever wear something that looks like that. That, like, look of, like, tight pants, those boots, and, like, some other shit is, like, ooh, that's just 100% not me. And I just look at people wearing that. I'm like, why would you even wear something like that? They don't look comfortable. They don't look functional. I'm surprised that you see people like that around you because I I know that when I go up to New York and you're like in the Chelsea market and all like the hot, fresh places, there's definitely people wearing that everywhere with their like designer backpacks and shit like that that has nothing in them. They're just wearing it to like look nice. So you're not in on designer shoes. Those fucking boots. Just get those the fuck out of here. All right, so so I'm gonna my bottom one. This is very similar to what you were saying about Vans, about how you wish that you could wear them. Kind of is 
Pumas or like the indoor soccer shoes. Do you know what you know what I'm talking about? One hundred percent. Those shoes, they were the most narrow shoes on earth. And when I was a kid, I was like, I always had to buy shoes with the W next to them because I had wide ass feet. Those shoes were cool. I kind of had jealousy that I never had a pair of those. I was like, but why do I need them? I don't play indoor soccer, but they're kind of fresh as Adidas. They had a special name. I can't remember what it is, but I just know them as the indoor soccer shoes that no one can really fit into. Yep. All right, those are shitty. So, honorable mention, any sort of dress shoe, other than loafers. Any sort of, oh. like, dress shoe that has, like, a point and, like, you have to tie, those sh- things are fucking... They're, like, wearing bowling shoes. Yeah, honorable mention, uh, the Chef Curries, those white curries. Hideous. That was, like, one of the funniest flames of a shoe ever on Twitter. But people still buy them. They're not bad. They're not as bad as, like, everyone says they are. How do you feel about Yeezys? I was going to put Yeezys on the top. Just give Yeezys in general a top spot because they're pretty iconic. But they're also... I always like, wanted a pair of those black on black Yeezys. I saw this video on Instagram the, the other day of Chris D'Elia talking about the Yeezys, about all the different numbers of them and everything. And I, I kind of agree with that where like Kanye just can't get his shit together. So he just kind of like, he puts all of his thoughts out there and it ends up in like the Yeezy 740s. Yeah. Like what does 740 even mean to you, Kanye? No, exactly, and he's got, yeah, he's got all those other ones, those, like, super dead Yeezys. But Yeezy, it, it isn't it isn't a brand, it's a lifestyle. Ball is lifestyle. All right, so let's finish, <laughs> let's finish off some NBA. We got a little bit of, uh, a few takes cooked up in that head of yours. Heading into the second half of the season, there's... Well, this you, is, like, the last, this is the last stretch of the season, basically. Right, because they do that all-star game pretty games, late. So like 20-something games left. So you see a lot of teams pretty much imploding on themselves. LeBron's Lakers, Kyrie's Celtics, two, you know, two players that are obviously huge superstars in the league, used to be teammates, and on very prestigious franchises. And the Lakers, LeBron's going through this thing where he just calls out his teammates after every single game, but then directly contradicts himself with his actions. And Kyrie, I mean... He's, he's basically al- doing the same thing. <laughs> he already looks like the most lethargic player on earth. And he was sitting there on the bench just looking as if he was dreaming of Madison Square Garden the other day. So when you're saying Madison Square Garden, I'm kind of thinking that Kyrie and, and the LeBron reunion is on the horizon. Tell me where. In L.A. Oh, well, that's not MSG. MSG's in New York. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's funny that you're saying MSG because the take that I've had cooked up is the LeBron and Kyrie reunion. I think that's fantastic. I I don't see why people think that Kyrie and LeBron can't or should not coexist. And then I think that there's it, it's either going to be LeBron, Kyrie, Clay, KD, or Anthony Davis. So two, th- three of those guys, two of those guys, what do you— like one out of those last three that I said are going to join Kyrie and LeBron. They're both going to, and that's how it's going to go. Dude, I think, I mean, I could, I think Clay, he's going to end up staying in Golden State, which before this season, I wouldn't have said that, but he's made a few comments where he says he wants to be uh, a warrior for life. What about Draymond? Draymond's definitely rumored to be going over to uh, LA too next year. He just signed with LeBron's sports agency. So, He's, LeBron has LeBron's putting all these plays in motion. If he doesn't get AD, collusion. 
if he doesn't get AD, he's got Draymond as a backup. If he doesn't get KD, he's got Kyrie as a backup. And I really think that Kyrie is basically checked out on this season. He's like, we're not going to win. Hayward fucking sucks. Marcus Mott just fucking sucks. I don't. I don't know if I can see KD and LeBron on the same on the same team because the same way that when Kyrie left the Cavs, how he was like, I need my own team. I need to have my own legacy. Like KD's already trying to vie for that top spot as the best player in the NBA, and he may even need to get out from underneath underneath Steph's shadow in order to like fulfill what he believes to be his legacy. So I think I think I think you're probably right with that. It's probably going to end up being Kyrie, Kate, uh, Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. KD is going to end up in MSG, and he's going to just fucking run the East. He's going to pull LeBron. I mean, if you do KD, Zion, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Mitch, Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, I mean, like that's, that's, that's not a, a bad team. Exactly. I'm cool with that. And I we have a mutual friend that you know I gave him shit the day that. KP got traded to the Mavs, but it's good for basketball if the Knicks are in contention. And not just like first round of the playoffs getting kicked out contention. Like they need to be serious contenders in the East, especially now that you have Boston and Philadelphia running the the conference. That would be really nice to see New York get back in the fold. It was very fun when Melo was running it. It It just gets so much hype on the game when it the Lakers and the the Celtics and Knicks are all good. So we, we've Shout got out Dwayne Wade for his game winner before we do anything else. Dwayne Wade, one last dance, gets tipped, almost blocked, flailing for No, he foul. did get blocked. Did get blocked. Throws up an absolute prayer with .2 seconds left off the backboard, one-footed game winner against Golden State in a Heat team that's under 500, probably not going to make the playoffs. Just such an absolute fun night for one night. Wade giving you just those memories on the way out. There's just you just nothing better than that. Yeah, I mean, you can see he's enjoying himself like, the way that he like sprinted around the court and jumped up on the table. The, white, the vice jerseys, like everyone that bought a Wade vice jersey, like that was worth it for t- that one night tonight. He's ha- he's got the braids on. It was it was like just, just such a sick thing. This sick thing to see. He had a game winner last year on the same day. Is life after Dwayne Wade going to be as bad as it seems for the Heat? The Heat have Pat Riley, and Pat Riley has really uh, made the team so consistent for so long. They've had very few lulls, and I think he's got a chance to make the team contenders before he goes out, at least give them a run because uh, they call him the godfather, and he's just so respected in the league. It, well, I mean, like we were talking about MSG, we're talking about the Lakers. Is Miami still a spot that free agents want to go? I think if the Heat, if like Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, like really could take the next step, I think that they could definitely be a spot where they could land one guy and really be like a two-three seed in the East, no problem. But they got uh, the culture. And what they need is a big free agent to come in and, you know, give them that big star power. And speaking of free agents, MLB news has finally trickled in and the Bryce Harper, Manny Machado saga is over. Thank God. Baseball is just around the corner. Thank God. I know. I'm already checked out of the uh, the NBA season. But so Manny Machado signs with the San Diego Padres, which 
to me, is one of the most boring moves he can go to because who watches the Padres? Who watches West Coast baseball? Look at the way that Mike Trout is marketed out there. There's just nothing positive about him going there. But 10 years, $300 million. And I love when guys sign after like a long-ass offseason and they're like, I always knew it was San Diego. I always knew that this was the best landing spot. I, I think he's he, he went out there for the money. He's gonna go ham it up. He'll be he'll hit his thirty dingers, thirty five dingers, dog it all he wants, and no one will say shit to him. That's probably what he went career. there for. Exactly, he probably he went out to there it. to dog it. Exactly, he gets to mail it in. Like especially when the All Star game comes around and the Padres are like thirteen games out of first place, he's got nothing to worry about. Dude, the Harper deal is kind of shitty. 13 years, $330 million. I mean, it's less than $30 million a year, but he's got zero opt-outs. So, I mean, I guess that's bad on his part if he felt like he needed to get out of Philadelphia. But, I mean, dude, to have 13 years of job security at 20-something million, he he knew what he was getting himself into, and he's going to retire a Philadelphia Philly. That kind of sucks. You wanted to see him go elsewhere? I don't know. The Phillies just aren't exciting. I mean, it'll be the, the same thing. They'll just kind of be out there. I don't know. I guess he's going to have hype because of just the contract. I mean, the Phillies are gross. That team is getting really good. They definitely need to still add a little bit of pitching to make that a serious championship contender. But the East was up for grabs. Atlanta, they've got a youth movement that's going to keep them relevant too. But the Phillies lineup is so good. And Personally, as a Yankees fan, it's you know it hurts a little bit that we didn't get either Machado or Harper. But I just I couldn't see them locking up dudes for thirty million dollars a year when we already have Giancarlo locked up for thirty one and a quarter or something like that. And then another name that they were supposedly supposed to be waiting on was Nolan Arenado, who he took the next step in his career and he signed an eight year extension with the Rockies, eight years, two hundred sixty million dollars. Shout out to Nolan Arenado because on his uh, scouting report coming into the majors, they're like, he's unathletic, duck-footed, and can't play third base. All right, I got a little bit of MLB trivia for you before we get into trivia later. Uh, who was who? What current MLB player was teammates in high school with Nolan Arenado? They were the shortstops and third basemen. No idea. Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics. Matt Chapman. They're like, they're both gold glove winners, I'm pretty sure, or if they're not, they both will be. They're two of the best defensive third basemen in the league, and they were on the same high school team growing up. That's pretty awesome. Those guys must be boys. So uh, the last thing for them will be, you know, because we got a spring training to work with. There's definitely going to be some storylines that come out of that, maybe some injuries, and we'll do some predictions about the regular season moving forward. But the Yankees, after missing out on Machado, after missing out on Harper, they decided to go with a little bit more of a conservative route, and they're starting to lock up some of that core that they already have in place. The first deal that they made was with their ace, Luis Severino, on a four-year, $40 million deal. And then shortly after, they signed Aaron Hicks to a seven-year, $70 million deal. Absolutely fantastic deals by the Yankees' standards. But what do you think that this says about A, playing on the Yankees, and B, players being afraid to make it to free agency now? 
I think that's it. I, I I was kind of concerned about the Harper deal. I was thinking if he signs a short term deal, he might miss out on that. Th- like thirteen year length, like those things aren't getting given out all the time. So for a player who's young and definitely like foreign or white, black, whoever, if you can lock up when you're twenty two, you can lock up seven years for seventy seven million. You don't have to wait where you're potentially hurting your hurting your chances by not being with the team and potentially again lower like this that kind of value when you think you're worth more. Like if you run a seven year contract when you're twenty two, you're twenty six, you can get two contracts instead of like just that one big one which people I don't know are going out for. So well, it seems I, like there's gonna be two like medium contracts in your career now instead of you get your rookie and your one monster. Well, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, um, especially when you brought up like the foreign players. So like I have a little bit of a connection with a friend of mine from South Florida who's a financial advisor for Dominican players. You know, I went to the MLB winter meetings with him this past winter. And Dude, look at that uh, clout, podcast clout. He went to the winter meetings. Yep. Got a little bit of that inside knowledge of how the, the MLB works. We sat in some conferences, met some people. It was kind of it was a very interesting experience. Met, met with some agents. That was very weird. Like seeing the way that the agents like talk to each other and they're pretty much just like a bunch of womanizer like alcoholics. But when they get down to like talking business, it's weird how much inside information they actually have. But uh, so this guy, I mean, he he's a financial advisor and I definitely heard him, you know, on multiple occasions say how like the first thing that he tries to tell like these young Dominican players is like, listen, man, you've got a family back home that you're trying to take care of. And like, you got to be smart with your money. You got to be smart with like your resources and your resources are your body is your body. And for a guy like Severino, who he's only 23, 24 years old to get that security for the next four years, whether or not he blows out his shoulder, blows out his elbow, he's got $40 million coming in. And that's like, I mean, if you're not an idiot, $40 million is a hundred percent going to set you up for the rest of your life. And he'll still have an opportunity for that next contract. So I do think that outside of Mike Trout and, I mean, even if you look at Aaron Judge, who's going to be up for a contract in the next couple of years, I don't think we're going to be seeing any 10-year contracts anymore. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly how it's going to go. It's going to be like you're going to get a, like a four or five-year, five-year, 60 or five-year, 50. Then you get another five-year, like 80 if you're a fucking stud or another four-year, four-year, 60 type deal if you're really good. It'll be interesting to see, too, that if the MLB does trend that way where we're seeing contracts signed earlier because they have the arbitration process where you're eligible for arbitration in like the first three or four years. If you see teams buying out those arbitration years into their free agency years, maybe the MLB starts to implement some form of a salary cap again where it it creates more of a competitive balance for the teams that are able to overspend even though it may not be responsible in terms of you know length or money you want to see a competitive balance (laughs) i i agree parity yeah let every team win 80 games that'd be sick yeah well i don't know about that you look at some of the teams that aren't winning 80 games and it's it's sad but it also it has to happen, especially when you're playing 162 games. There's a lot of room for error. So, uh, you got anything else on the MLB? 
Marlins uh, spring training jerseys and new logo is okay with me. I like their new jersey. Are I, their, kinda, I like them better than the old ones. Which And they like very slightly changed it, but it's a little bit edgier, and I like that. No, I mean, they changed the, they got rid of that M completely. And it's just the fish now, right? Yep. Yeah, the Marlin. Yep. Um, Miami Marlins, they brought in Jorge Posada, another Yankee legend. So, And they, they tried to bring in Andy Pettit, but Andy Pettit was like, nah, the only place I want to work is New York. So Pettit now works with the Yankees and Posada working with the Marlins. Which is cool for like those South Florida uh, Yankee Marlins fans because now 100%. you're like, wow, now I'm a Yankee Marlins fan for sure. Jeter, Posada. Marlins, let's go. I, I've never really seen a team in the MLB go through a rebuild, and that's obviously because for the longest time I was hyper-focused on the Yankees, but I know people give Jeter shit, but I do think that he has a plan in mind, and they're they're going to be better sooner than later. Yep. The, you're talking about the Marlins? Yeah. Yep. I hope so. I hope so. I hope that they actually could go through with a full rebuild and actually reap the benefits of it, not just for like one year. So our shitty way of segueing, I'm going to go ahead and say other teams trying to get better. The NHL trade deadline just passed. That was pretty good, right? We're going to lay one of our oldies but goodies on you guys. So for those of you, those like seven of you that might have listened to Zach and I's original podcast called Lofted Takes, when we would just shout out takes from Zach's loft uh we're gonna do the NHL power play segment so hopefully it's gonna be two minutes or less like a normal NHL power play where I'm gonna give you a bunch of NHL headlines with a little bit of a like lack of description in there so maybe everything it's just gonna be a, a rapid fire round of hot takes headlines Garrett going hard on hockey I, I hope that this goes well. I know you like this a hundred times more than I do. So so we're going to go for this. You ready? I'm ready. New York Islanders always kicking the tires. Definitely not still butthurt about John Tavares. Still a pajama boy. Columbus Blue Jackets outside of the playoff decide to be buyers. Trade away all their draft picks. Bold strategy. Wow. New York Rangers sellers for the second year in a row. Henrik Lundqvist cries. (laughs) Western Conference. No real winners. Jordan Binnington turning the St. Louis Blues into the St. Louis Bright. Future. That's such a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Brights. <laughs> Edmonton Oilers. Still wasting with David. Nikita Kucherov, 104 points in 64 games. Still undersized. Is that a lot? Oh, yeah, bro. It's like the most in like a decade that like I think he got to 100 points in like 50 games or 58 games or something like that. 58 games. Hope the boys like golfing. The cup ends in Tampa. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> that was incredible. You know how hard it is? Because, like, I, I just, like, don't know how to, like, come up with, like, storylines without actually telling people what's going on. So I hope that that kind of, like, the only other one I'll say is Calgary Flames. 
young studs might be good. <laughs> so that's all I got. Like the playoffs are right around the corner too for that. Um, Washington Capitals hoping to repeat, but I really think that Tampa Bay Lightning are taking it home this year. And obviously, I've got a little bit of rooting interest with that because. If the Lightning win the Stanley Cup, the Rangers get their first round pick this year. So, so shout out the Lightning. Um, I don't really like the Lightning, so I'll hope for a repeat. Are you are you a Panthers fan? Yeah, I'm on the pan wagon, but they're not I was bad. Ask you how they're doing? Not great, but I mean, like they're not bad. They're, they'll be there eventually. There's there's a good chance that they're going to be in the running for this guy Artemi Panarin next year. He's a stud. All right. So that that was the NHL power play. I, w- I wish that we had a little bit of a better one, but that ended up playing pretty well, that soundboard. Yeah, you killed that. So, all right. So we're going to finish off the episode uh, the same way we did last time with our second round of Marking Our Territory trivia. For those of you that may not have listened, the we each of us have two categories. One of them is going to be a sports category. The other one's going to be a random category. Uh for easiness, Zach and I both chose the same sports category for probably about the next month. We're doing 2000s baseball trivia. And then for our random categories, Zach's is fast food and mine is nutritional facts. So, uh, so we'll go pumped. ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that one of us gets a correct answer this time. Right now we're both 0 for 2. Yeah, we, we haven't answered anything right. But Zach got very close last time. The question was... How many $1 items does Taco Bell have on their menu? He said 10, and the answer was 11, and I still wouldn't give him, like, for closeness. So, Yeah, we hold ourselves to a high standard here. All right, let's get it. You want me to go first? Let's go with nutritional facts first this time. Okay. Oh, jeez. I just got, like, the butterflies. Okay, this is your shit right here. How many... <sighs> Hooters Wings... Hooters Wings. I I fuck with Hooters. I used to fuck with Hooters. Now Florida Wing Factory, shout out. Give me the calories in a 10-piece. Oh, my God. Like, well, like breaded 10-piece? Any sauce? Like, what? Like, do they give you any sort of specifics about that? The breaded 10-piece. Hmm. The sauces are extra, so just think about the wing. I was trying to get a sauce, but... And we're not talking about like boneless, right? We're talking about on the bone. I'm talking about on the bone. I can give you a boneless too if you want a bonus. No, no, no. So, are, and is this one of those things where you're going to give it to me if I'm like within like a certain? I'll give it to you if you're close. All right, I'm just going to do a round number. Seven hundred and twenty calories. No. Way higher. Way higher. Ugh. 1,400, 1,370. Oh, 13. I didn't know. I figured, like, I was hoping that it was going to be, like, under 100 calories a wing. That makes me feel so bad, dude. <laughs> that makes me never want to eat chicken wings again. That's breaded, though. So, I mean, if you get a non-breaded wing, you'll get less calories. But No, but who fucks with non-breaded wings at Hooters? I don't, I, I, Hooters is the easiest nutritional fact for me to pull up, so... Sorry about it. That makes me feel it makes me feel so stupid. It makes me feel so fat. <laughs> Just a little bit. All right, so I'll, I'll go with your random one. Your your fast food trivia for this week. In 2017, what was the average sales per restaurant for Chick Fil A? 
what does that mean? Like, like how much? Like money how much did they bring in per a restaurant year. a year? Yep. It's actually oh I I can't even say anything. They, I, they, I, they like, have like, like twenty two hundred stores. I'm, I'm without giving you math to work with. They have like twenty two hundred stores, and I think they grossed like nine billion dollars or something like that that year or something like that now i have to do the math before i go into it and make sure i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say the number that came into my head first was five million okay i'll give you that one then 4.4 million dollars that's close i probably wouldn't even have given it to me i would have given it to myself because i would have said 4.5 or above i would have taken it like I don't know what you want to like go. Give with me it. that. Give me that buzzer. I wasn't, so, I wasn't close enough. Okay, so we're both zero and two in our random. That I mean, that was much better. Like you, your like fast food knowledge is actually pretty good. I'm. I, I thought that I was gonna be okay at this nutritional facts thing, but you've been way closer with yours than I have with mine. So close, but yet so far. All right, I'm gonna give you your base one first because I'm hoping that like maybe I can end strong for us. Okay, you ready for this? 2000s baseball, you ready? Yes. Ready. Three players have won the Cy Young in both leagues during the 2000s. Who are they? And I'll give you an extra point if you can tell me who they played for. Okay. Is one Roy Halladay? Yes, one is Roy Halladay. Who do you play for? Jays and Phillies. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to get the ding in there. Verlander? Nope. <laughs> it's funny because we're like making the noise, but I'm going to plug the noise in there anyways. I know. I wanted to make it. Uh, let me get one more guess. CC? Uh, uh, nope. CC is probably in the 2010s. Um, no, well, that 2000s to Johnson? now. That's what I'm doing for 2000s. Randy no. Johnson. Kurt nope. Schilling. No. Roger Clemens. Yes. Pedro. No. All right, I got two. Well, I mean, you gave me three, and you only got one out of three there, so. Well, I got Clemens, too. Yeah, but after you gave me three already, <laughs> so. Um, that's going to be a good one for me, plugging in all the sounds, too. So, it was Roy Holiday. He was with Toronto and Philly, like you said. Roger Clemens won it with the Yankees and with the Astros before they moved over to mm-hmm. the American League. And then the last one, you were close. You really could have had three for three. Scherzer. Oh. So well, Scherzer he was, was on with, Detroit, right? He was on Detroit and the Nationals. Oh, Scherzer. Cause I, I think Scherzer may be like a little younger than Verlander for some reason. I so think that, like, that oh, he might have been a little bit of like a late bloomer with the Tigers too, where like he, he came in like as Verlander was – Kind of like, mm-hmm. not fading. They were both really gross at the same time. It was when they had Verlander, Scherzer, and Porcello, and they were all so good. Yeah, they made a run. Tigers. Yep. So, all right, that that was pretty good. We're both. Oh, I got. That was I a got, lot of buzzer sounds. Yeah, that'll be good. So I forgot that I still have one to go for here. End on okay. a high note. End on a high note. Two thousand, two thousand decade. Well, okay, just so you know, I'm doing from, like, 2000 to current. Like, that's 2000s for me. True. Yeah, like, I'm just doing, like, 
everything of like the most, you know, 2000s okay, forward. Two, since 2000. Yeah. Okay, I'm doing 2000, 2010, I thought. That's okay. That I mean, like, there's still plenty of questions. You 2000 can come to with. 2010. Le- league leader in steals. Most steals in the from 2000 to 2010. Oh, this is rough. I've got like a few names in my head that I feel like it could be. And if I. I know that Jacoby Ellsbury had like 71 in 2009. Is that your guess? That's one of my educated guesses, but I'm not going to go there. My other thought which I feel like he might have been too old in the 2000s, is Kenny Lofton. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, Kenny Lofton. Uh, no. no. Kenny Lofton, it's in the answer that says Kenny Lofton's heyday was in the 90s. Uh, was it Jacoby? It's Juan Pierre. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I Let's just get to... it. Juan Pierre had uh, 459 stolen bases from 2000 to 2009. Ended his career with 614. That dude, I remember when he was that Top good. Top 20. He like, was still playing like two years ago. Kenny Lofton has more career steals than Juan Pierre, but... Juan Pierre had the most in the 2000s decade. Is there any more? Like, do you have an expanded list from the 2000s? Carl Crawford was the second most. With how many? 362 and Jose Reyes still 300. Yeah. I I feel like that, like, it was a little bit too much of, like, recency bias with Jacoby and then trying to get a little bit too fancy with Kenny Lofton. But they both weren't bad guesses, especially Hell since... a call for Kenny J- Lofton. Jacoby had 71 in 09 because I, when I was like looking up stats to try and come up with a question for you, Jacoby was one of them. So, all right, that, that wasn't bad. We're, we're both 0 and 4. That's it is what it is. You're, you're like one third for four, but all right. So that wraps up another episode of marking our territory. Um, Rate, review, subscribe. We're on every single platform. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Google. We're on iTunes. I don't know what else you people would be listening to podcasts on. Uh, I hope that we can keep up as much traction as we had prior to our hiatus and maybe prior to the TJ episode. You know, maybe we don't need that FSU Twitter bump. It'd be real nice to get up to 50 listens. That's that's definitely a goal of ours. If you've made it this far, you've helped us get to 50, so we thank you for that. Yeah, we really appreciate everyone listening to. This is definitely the most fun part of my week, regardless of how many people are listening. So uh, for Zachary Zrans and Garrett Gartino, we're signing out. Peace. Peace.